When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Now through the neutral zone comes Connor McDavid. Double team, got it back. Chris shot, score. What a beautiful move. Deep backhand, went back to the forehand. And welcome back, Connor. His sixth goal of the season is a work of art. Raleigh, he's going to keep it. He hits the five. Hey, Edmonton, that's your quarterback. Mike Riley to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimo! Ladies and gentlemen, Dagger! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chet. It is officially playoff time in the National Hockey League. Three games tonight, one of them already underway. The Lightning lead the Red Wings. 1-0 after the first period. Still to come, Rangers and Penguins, Blackhawks and Blues. Plus, the Blue Jays in action. They're just 3-6 and six to start the season. Jay Happ on the hill. 1-0 for the Jays, leading the Yankees top of the fourth inning. Big games in the NBA tonight. Golden State going for their 73rd win of the season that would break the all-time record the blues went 72 and 10 back in 95 96 uh la lakers taking on utah kobe bryant's last game the lakers have obviously had a tough season but uh big night with bryant going out the raptors finish off their season against brooklyn won't affect the raptors uh standings they are already going to play indiana in the first round how you doing tonight my name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you very much for tuning in. Did I already make a mistake, Matthew? I believe it. The Blue Jays three and five, three and five to start the year, taking on the four and two New York Yankees. It is Inside Sports on six thirty. Chet, it's six oh eight. Reed Wilkins with you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Some other news and notes I can tell you about to get things rolling tonight. The Oilers farm team officially eliminated from the playoffs now. They did win last night over the Stockton Heat, a good game for Darnell Nurse. Jordan Osterley picked up a goal, but the Condors will not make the playoffs. They'll play at Milwaukee and at Grand Rapids on Saturday. Of course, Grand Rapids coached by Todd Nelson, who was the Oilers' interim coach for the final 50 so or so games last year. And good news from the Allen Cup. The Bentley Generals finish the pool portion of the tournament at 2-0. They came from behind to beat Ilda Shane 4-3 this afternoon. The tournament being held in Steinbach, Manitoba. So Bentley does not play tomorrow. They get a bye straight into the semifinals on Friday. Their opponent still to be determined. We'll talk a little more about the Bentley Generals tomorrow on Inside Sports. You are always welcome to chime in. The phone number is 780-496-0063. You can text us at 630-630. You can tweet me at Reed Wilkins. Matthew Panashik is our studio producer this evening. Matthew, good to see you, buddy. How are things? Great, Reed. Big day tomorrow, buddy. Big day tomorrow for what? The NFL schedule comes out tomorrow. The NFL schedule comes out tomorrow. All right. Well, I will. Uh, there are 
I, 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 there are things in life I'm more enthusiastic about. Sets my travel plans up, buddy. Or are you going to NFL games again this year? You betcha. All right. Well, we look forward to learning your travel plans tomorrow then. Thank you for that. Um, here's what's coming up tonight. We're continuing our, our cross-Canada tour of all the Canadian teams not in the playoffs, and I mean all of them. Tonight we go to Toronto and Vancouver, the two teams finishing on either side of the Oilers in the standings. The Leafs were 30th. The Canucks were 28th. Jim Ralph will join us at 6.30 out of Toronto. He's always a, an entertaining and opinionated guest. Dan Murphy, he covers the Canucks for Sportsnet, will be on between 7 and 7.30 tonight. We'll talk a, a little bit about the expected impact on viewership. I mean, Rogers paid a lot of money to get this hockey contract and they don't have any Canadian teams in the playoffs. Chris Zelkovich will enlighten you on what's going to happen as a result. We have Eric Johnson on the show later on tonight, Edmonton-based actor. He's uh, always a great guest, huge Edmonton Oilers fan. And a new segment debuting tonight, Legends of the Game, with four-time world figure skating champion, proud Alberta boy, Kurt Browning, all coming up over the next three hours. I, I want to start it off tonight with, uh, with just some thoughts and uh, so I guess some expanded thoughts on, uh, on something we talked about briefly last night when we were doing our cross-Canada tour. And we had Louis Jean on the show. He covers the Montreal Canadiens for TVA Sports in Montreal. And, you know, he was talking about the impact of not having Carey Price and Michelle Therrien's coaching and all that kind of stuff. And the question I asked him was, what's going on with... The PK Subban situation. I, I mean, they've they haven't really shut the door on him being traded, though. You know, they said it's not what they want to do. So I said to Louis Jean, I mean, is it actually possible PK Subban could be traded? That seems crazy. I don't think it's option, you know, number one, but I think it's uh, I think it's a possibility. There's no question. Um, you know, and 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 uh, with everything that went on this year, as much as he's an impact player, as much as he's a game changer, as much as he's almost impossible to replace, because you think about defensemen that can log, you know, 30 minutes a night, guys who are very seldomly injured, he never gets hurt, other than what happened at the end of the year, and even there, I mean, there's question marks. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's difficult to replace, but you know. There's no question that there's that there's a rift. There's no question that there was frustration. There's no question that not everybody appreciates his swagger or what he brings, uh, you know, sometimes to the locker room. I mean, he is a guy that cares, I think, as much if not more than anybody. He wants to win. But the way he does things sometimes rubs people the wrong way. Look, I mean, here's a guy, when you want to really think about it, here's a guy who gave $10 million dollars to a local children's hospital. And who is the finalist for the King Clancy Award handed out to uh, community involvement? It's Max Pacioretty. And it's voted by who? By his teammates. What does that tell you? I mean, you don't have to analyze or overanalyze. I mean, you know, there's nobody that did more. I mean, guys do a lot of stuff, and it's not always as, as, as publicized as everything is with P.K. Subban because as soon as he does something, it's, it's, you know, it's public knowledge. People know about it because he's so popular and everything, because of his status. But the reality is, as I said, to me, the King Clancy Award is, is a bit of a slap in the face for him. It has to be. It has to be extremely frustrating. 
All right, so that's Louis Jean. He says, no question there's a rift in the dressing room. Not everybody appreciates P.K. Subban's swagger. I find this really interesting, and I said this last night as well, and you can text 630-630. If the Edmonton Oilers had a defenseman who was 80% as good as P.K. Subban, he would undoubtedly be the team's number one defenseman, and most of you would be happy to have this 80% of Subban player. If, if the Edmonton Oilers actually had P.K. Subban, especially in the context of not having had a franchise defenseman except having, for having had Chris Pronger for one year, and prior to that, not having had anybody that good except Paul Coffey, I, I would think that, I mean, I mean, is it not insane that you would have to possibly think about trading P.K. Subban because he's too flamboyant? I mean, is, 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 that what, is that what this is really about? I mean, here's how I look at this. I, w- I would think that if I came on Inside Sports and talked to you guys and I said, folks, the Oilers can't keep P.K. Subban um, because he's a little too flamboyant and his teammates didn't vote for him for the community award, even though he donated $10 million to the hospital. I would think a lot of the regulars like the Big L and, uh, and, and Topher Allen and, and DW and Sam G and Frustrated Fan and all you other loyal textures, I would think you would all get together one night and, you know, round me up and drive me out to the woods north of Evansburg where I grew up and release me into the wild and say, you're free, boy, go ahead. <laughs> and, and that would be, and I would be howling at the moon for the rest of my career. Because you'd say, well, Reed, we loved you, but we can't put you by a microphone anymore because we, we're not trading P.K. Subban under any circumstances. So it's, it's just, it's weird to me, and it's one of those things, you know, I know, I know it helps if you get along with your teammates, and, and, you know, maybe some guys have that little bit of a thing where they draw too much attention to themselves, and in hockey it seems to be frowned on more than in other sports. But I just look at this and I'm thinking, man, in this Oilers fan base where pretty much in the three years I've been doing Oilers games, it's a daily thing. We've got to get a defenseman. We've got to get a defenseman. Why don't we have a number one defenseman? Why did we sign Nikitin? Why didn't we get a real defenseman? Where it's just constant and daily that, like I said, if the Oilers had somebody 80% as good as as Subban, you would hang on to this guy for dear life for as long as you possibly could. So, I, I mean, I'm just, does the flamboyance or, I, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. Let's say P.K. Subban is causing a huge rift in the Canadians' dressing room. And, you know, you can probably debate. I mean, Louis Jean's not the only person to say that. Maybe you can debate how severe it is. If P.K. Subban is causing a rift in the dressing room, don't you get rid of the other guys instead of P.K. Subban? Like, is he not that good? And Louis Jean said uh, in the interview yesterday um, that if the Montreal Canadiens are trading P.K. Subban, they have to find out a way to win the trade. How do you win that trade? How do you actually win that trade? Trading one of the elite defensemen in the NHL for whatever you get. I just think it's it strikes me as a little odd. I guess it says a little bit about uh, dressing room culture 
and again the perspective from the Montreal market and the Edmonton market because I'm I, I'm hoping if Oilers fans who have been starved for a defenseman of that caliber for so long actually had a guy like that they might overlook the fact that he likes to you know celebrate goals and do spinoramas and stuff like that you can tell me if I'm crazy or not, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chat. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chat. The Red Wings have gone ahead of the Lightning. A couple of goals early in the second period. 2-1 Detroit leading it. No score Rangers and Penguins early on. 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. I'm getting a lot of interesting texts. Uh, some uh, amusing along the PK Subban lines. Uh, some uh, some serious, but people still having fun. Good to see you tonight. 780-496-0063. One of our regular callers, Kirk, is on the line. Kirk, good to hear from you. Hey, Reed. How you doing? Doing great. Thanks for calling. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, about the P.K. Subban trade, wow, if we could get him, that would be amazing. But uh, all the other pe- all the other names that that we're uh, talking about, like Hamus and Hamannick and Vatnin and all these guys, I don't think those guys are number one defensemen. They're not going to change the Oilers. And if you're talking about giving up some high, high skilled talent with the first and second line, I mean, okay, who are we really talking about? Like, for our first round pick, who could we get? Like, unless you get Dowdy or Keith or or somebody like that, what's the point of trading them? I mean, you might as well develop your own players because our own players are just as good as Hamnick and Hamus and Batman. And there's nothing special about these guys. We tried to get Sakara. He's a great defenseman. But that's those guys aren't any better than Sakara either. They're going to be turn out to be like Sakara. Well, you brought up a lot of things there, Kirk. First of all, I mean, my my point is I, I can't ultimately see Subban being traded. I, I mean, and my my point was if the Oilers had a guy that good, wouldn't you overlook? I mean, unless he's like a criminal or something. I mean, I mean, what? what no, no, I, I think we should have a guy like Subban. I mean, he's the only guy that that we could possibly trade for if he's available. Well, here's I don't a, think he, the other guys are, but if he's available, heck yeah. Well, yeah, yeah but I don't, I don't think him. he's, I don't think he's ultimately going to be available. Here's the thing, Kirk. I think that if they got a Vatanen or a or a Hamannik, I think that would improve the Oilers' defense. And you're right. They're not star defensemen. But if they're as good as Sekera with maybe a different skill set, then I still think that helps the team because then you're pushing Fane down the depth chart. Or maybe the younger guys don't have to play as much. Or you don't have to call up Osterley uh-huh. and Reinhardt if you have injuries. I, I still I, I understand what you're saying. Part of the Oilers' improvement on defense hopefully comes from within by specifically Clefbaum and Nurse improving, but I think they got to look to bring in other people and hopefully some experienced people because we've well, seen... It seems, it seems like uh, Shirelli has something up his sleeve when he's talking about maybe trading a first-round draft pick or one of the top six. 
I think he's gonna oh. he's gonna he's gonna trade one of the top six. I think so, Kirk. Because one thing too, people were always saying this to me last summer, and I'm surprised people haven't jumped on it. In a couple of years, Connor McDavid might become the highest paid player in the history of the National Hockey League, right? Yeah. So I think you have to start preparing for that, and you have three guys making six million dollars right now, right? Of course. Kirk, I got another call, man. Thanks for calling. 780-496-0063. We have Joe on the line as well. Hey, Joe. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. So, just, I see you guys are talking a bit about PK and the Oilers and the possibility of the miracle of him being traded in the first place. Right, which I don't think will happen, but anyway. <laughs> no, me either, but in a, in a world where it could, I don't know if we're exactly the perfect suit for him anyways. We've got a little bit of flamboyance up front already with some of the skill we're carrying. I we really need some steady Steves in the back. I think we're we're not needing a guy. We're not needing a PK. We're we're needing a, a Weber if there's one upcoming or with Nurse becoming what he is. I mean, I don't know. Is, is it a is it just a pure depth issue? The guys we have coming up. Well, I don't want, I'm, I'm a true and true Oilers fan, but I don't think I want to see a PK on the back. Well, here's the, here's the thing. First of all, Joe, let's pretend you were you and I are doing this show in Montreal, and <laughs> we decide we're going to ask the Oilers if for to take PK Subban. It's going to take more than Hall, right? Yeah. It's probably yeah. going to take more than Hall, and it might even take more than Hall and Clefbaum. You might even have to give them something else. I mean, if they're talking about this in Montreal, and again, I, I, my, my whole context was that is if the Oilers had a player like Subban, we wouldn't be talking about trading him, even if he was a bit of a weirdo, right? We, we, no, we, not a chance. Right? But. So it, it, it strikes me as odd that that's actually being considered, apparently, in, the, in that market. But, I mean, if, if actually, I, I mean, they would want so much from the Oilers. You're right. Why would you do that? You're better off. I think they're going to have to, the Oilers this year, they're going to have to build a defense by committee that they got four yeah. reliable guys and then a bottom pairing that they can shelter. That's the formula I think it has to be. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, even if we were to pick up a couple of the the older guys who are down into that, like, I can't even think of any names offhand, but like that $2 million, $2.5 million mark, guys who get minutes in the NHL as is, but aren't fitting in in their organizations. If we could get a couple of them with some experience, it would it would plug holes that we need filled right now. And experience is vital to me, Joe. I think the additions to the Oilers, both up front and on defense, have to be between 26 and probably 31. That's what this yeah. team needs in that maroon yeah. age, right? Oh, yeah, and what a beauty is he. Holy. <laughs> oh. People love him. I hope he can excited. keep it up. Oh. <laughs> Joe, thanks for calling, okay? Have a good night, man. All right. It's 628. We're uh, lots of texts. I will spice those in throughout the show because we're getting some some good ones. It's kind of an interesting what if that I brought up here tonight. But uh, what if the Leafs win the draft lottery? Jim Ralph out of Toronto next. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Matt Hendricks will be playing for the United States at the World Hockey Championship. Patrick Maroon will be on that team as well. I would say Hendricks and Maroon finish the season as 
probably two of the most popular Oilers. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Rangers and Pittsburgh are scoreless about 11 minutes into the game. No flurry in net tonight. He's been dealing with some concussion problems. So Zatkoff is in goal. Former Oil King Tristan Jari is the backup. Red Wings and Lightning 2-2. Seven minutes left in the second period. Blackhawks and Blues still to come tonight. Yankees and Blue Jays tied 1-1 in uh, the middle of the fifth. Hap and Pineda, the pitchers in that game. Well, we're going across the country this week on Inside Sports, uh, checking in with every Canadian NHL city and talking about what went wrong and what comes next. Though maybe in Toronto, finishing last isn't a result of what went wrong. It's a result of what went right. We'll get uh, some thoughts on that from Jim Ralph, who's the radio analyst for the Maple Leafs. Jim, welcome back to the 630 Chet Airwaves. How are you doing, sir? You're only going to dedicate a week to that? Well, we... What, what, what went wrong in Canadian hockey? <laughs> I think he got till about August. <laughs> We probably could, especially in our two cities, I, w- I would think. Uh, i got to tell you, though, Jim, uh, 20%, man, watch those lottery balls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, uh, you know, 20% is only higher as a commission for somebody. <laughs> so it, uh, I don't think I mean, I guess guarantees you a top line pick, and that's the bottom line. But it, um, you know, I'm looking at anybody uh, you know, be a little closer to your home. Maybe bank on a lottery win, but I don't think we're touching right now. Uh, percentages are fine. Uh, but you're going to see a team that missed the playoffs, uh, say like the Boston Bruins, end up being a lottery winner. So uh, I think eventually that's going to happen. Yeah. Jim, the connection is just a little crackly there, so I'm just going to get uh, Matthew to make sure we got a good line there because I think we were a little muddy there, so we want to make sure people can hear you. Of course, this is Inside Sports on 630. Chad, other uh, games we'll be keeping an eye on tonight. Of uh, of course, a little more uh, attention than usual we'll pay to the NBA because Golden State can break a record. They're 72-9. and nine trying to finish 73-10 and 10 and beat the Bulls record from 95-96 and Kobe Bryant's playing his last game against the uh, Utah Jazz. Okay, Jim, I think we got a little better uh, better line there now. Thanks for thanks for bearing with us. I, I mentioned on, on the way into this interview, um, you know, Edmonton wanted to do better than they did. Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Montreal. But, I mean, is, is this exactly what the Leafs wanted to happen, finishing 30 play, 30th place? Well, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say there could have been worse things. Um, you know, I, I think if you say if this is what they wanted, then, uh, you know, that that's dangerous territory, even though uh, I think you get people that would certainly admit to it behind the scenes. But, yeah, I mean, they uh, Mike Babcock says it would be pain. It was all about tearing down and rebuilding. And um doesn't hurt to have a top-five pick to try it with. Yeah, well, that, that's right. They can't. Well, I guess they can't actually do worse than uh, than fourth. So, how's? Uh, I mean, look, the the Toronto fan base is is a long suffering one. Um, when I was a kid in the 1980s, they they weren't good, though it was easier to make the playoffs then. Certainly, they had some pretty competitive teams in the late 90s and early 2000s. Uh, their most recent playoff appearance was a huge heartbreak. How how is the fan base dealing with this? You know, a lot of guys getting traded away, a lot of minor leaguers in the lineup late in the year. But you know, a guy like guys like Babcock, Shanahan, and and Lamarillo at at the helm. How, how did the fan base deal with this last play season? Well, I, actually, it's kind of scary. This was sort of the first time that. I think you could say it was uh, the easiest ever to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. I think the expectations were so low 
Um, you know, typical Toronto, though, people want to kind of cling on to any little bit of uh, positivity and, and blow it out of proportion. And, and in a lot of ways, which I think is, is scary going forward, is uh, you talk to a lot of people and they think this is the, the best last place team in the history of the National Hockey League. You know, they talk about the structure and the changes and everything else, which is fine. And there have been some positives, but, um, you know, trying to over blow the uh, the attributes of a last place team is kind of like trying to tear down what's wrong with the Washington Capitals. You know, I, th- I think you've got to be very careful with it. I think it's still in the beginning of the rebuild. And, you know, you certainly don't have to tell people in Edmonton that, uh, you know, there's, there's no guaranteed blueprint to, to rebuild it. Well, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one thing I talk about that, that over the years for the Oilers, I think lower and lower expectations kept creeping in. It's like, well, you know, we finished last, so maybe, you know, or, or whatever. We got, we got 75 points. Well, maybe we can get 80. Oh, we didn't. Okay, well, we'll try to get 70 next year. You know what I mean? And, and people yeah, well, talk about a losing what, culture, and I think that's part of it. A losing culture is right because there's no switch that says, okay, now we're going to win. You know, and that's, uh, you know, I think that can help when you bring in a new coaching staff. It certainly seemed like Todd McClellan had a little tolerance for some of the efforts the Oilers had this year. Uh, Mike Babcock, I mean, I give him credit. It was uh, players in and out of the lineup and guys getting traded off and minor league guys getting called up. And he did a great job. But as he put it, he said, "There's uh, this isn't real pressure. They're playing against top players around the world, which is great. And you're playing against teams that are trying to either make the playoffs or position themselves better. But the bottom line is, it's not the pressure of you better start winning now. So he said uh, you've got to keep a lot of it in perspective, and, and I believe that's the case going forward. Jim Ralph joining us, talking about the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs season. Uh, I should mention the Leafs news today, of course. Uh, Nazem Kadri gets the, a uh, six-year deal, $27 million. Morgan Riley, six-year deal, $30 million. So the annual cap hit for Riley, $5 million. Uh, it seems to me, and uh, and I didn't see every Leafs game, but when I did see them play and when I hear people talk about them, it seems to me Riley is identified here as a really important building block. Yeah, I'd say so. Although, in all honesty, Reed, I think Jake Gardner was probably the one that jumped out as the most improved guy for the Leafs this season. Um, puck control, uh, he used to have a, a one or two gaffes a game that would always make a highlight reel somewhere. And, um, you know, putting the two of them on your back end, two guys that can move the puck and skate, uh, I think it's a rare commodity. But uh, Morgan Riley, I think it's as much the demeanor and uh, the way, you're, way he carries himself that uh, you probably see his value, you know, peak in a couple of years. Um, I, in terms of the, the draft lottery, and, and they're mindless little ping-pong balls, I always say, so there's no way to predict it. But the Leafs do have the best chance of getting that first overall pick. Can, what what would it be like if Austin if they actually won the draft lottery and Austin Matthews became a Maple Leaf? I mean, it, would he just would it, would it just be crushing for the kid? I mean, would it be like no, nothing else any player has has ever gone through? Yeah, you're not in Europe anymore when that happens. Yeah, you know, this would be uh, yeah media circus absolutely, and uh, you know what that almost happened to your guy just uh, you know a year ago as well. And, uh, and Connor McDavid having to go through it. And, you know, maybe this is a little easier because, um, you know, uh, not playing in North America, uh, he hasn't really been hounded uh, 
by the Toronto media as much. I think if he was in the Ontario Hockey League, people would be all over him, uh, you know, as far as interview requests and everything else. So it, uh, that, that's probably a little bit of a bonus right now. But it, uh, you know, it certainly takes a special player to play in certain markets and have that kind of, um, you know, media scrutiny all the time. So it, uh, I, I think it would be a learning process. But, you know, obviously if, if somebody's lucky enough to get him, you're, you're going to see him in an NHL lineup next year. All right, uh, here, here's the other uh, wild card for this summer. Steven Stamkos. What's the, what's the, it's 20% Matthews is going to be a Leaf. What's the percentage Stamkos is going to be a Leaf? Well, I mean, <laughs> it, uh, and not knowing anything, um, you know, I, I think now, I don't, I don't know if the health problem now, the health scare comes yeah. into this at all as to how much you want to invest. Um, I don't know from, from Stamkos' point of view, is it uh, – you know, am I going to go to a team that's, that's still two, three years away from making the playoffs, or do I make it a playoff team as soon as I go there? So I think there's there's a lot of things that have to be answered. I think uh, the Leafs should be situated cap-wise, having moved contracts like Clarkson, Kessel, and, and Dion Phaneuf in the past 12 months. But uh, it, it's an interesting one. Everybody, uh, what I don't get is when everybody says, a chance to come and play at home. You know, I think I think that gets old pretty quick. I think uh, for a lot of guys to come back and play in the Toronto area twice a year is good. Well, that's well, and you're right. I mean, if they want to live at home, they can live there in the summer, right? And yeah, they're traveling half the time in season, so yeah. <laughs> that's that. That's another. No, I mean, thing if, too. if it comes down to dollars and it's a fit, then you can see that. But I think simply because it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, you know, I, I think you've got to rebuild that culture to, to really have players want to come back. And, and I think they're on the, the right track to doing that. But, um, you know, does, does Steven Stamkos want to be on the last two or three years of the rebuild? Um, you know, if you assign him to a six, seven-year contract, knowing that uh, Mike Babcock said that there's still going to be more pain. Yeah. So whoever comes in has got to realize that. And uh, even though the, the goal is to be playing at this time of year, um, you know, you... You might, and the other side of it is too. I mean, the pressure on Stamkos would be incredible. Um, not that he doesn't put pressure on himself playing in Tampa, but uh, you know, you you go the first ten, twelve games of the season without scoring. Guess what? You're answering questions about it every day. So uh, I, I think there's a lot of things that have to be considered before that's a good deal. Yeah. Well, I will say this, and, and I mean, we don't know what is going to happen because for every team like Chicago and Pittsburgh that turns it around quickly, you can find an Edmonton and a Buffalo and a you know a Toronto. So far, they continue to struggle. I do give the Leafs credit that that they got the coach that they can stick with. I think Babcock's going to help there. I think McClellan's going to help here, and I think the coaching carousel in Edmonton prior to this didn't help you know it just it just it just didn't help so I, I think the Leafs have done the right thing by getting Babcock in there right from the ground floor though yeah and I think uh, you know like I said there um, part of it was that the, the lack of effort the two previous years was so apparent that uh, people took so much of a positive that um, even though they were in last place they're working hard you know that that sort of became the average person you'd see. You know, many of which weren't regular watchers anymore. Mm-hmm. But I'll say, you know, at least you're doing better this year, aren't they? Aren't they working hard? And you're thinking, well, you know, for an average salary of uh, three and a half million a year, guys, <laughs> guys should pretty much do that. You know, well, yeah, for, you're for right for six months. So, but that um, that became apparent that the uh, I think the key was identifying the core that didn't work 
And it's not so much that it was one individual's fault, but you move that out. And, you know, obviously with signing Morgan Riley today and Nazem Kadri, uh, they feel they're identifying the core that will work. Jim, thanks a lot for your time. I will continue my spring and summer journey journey of figuring out what's wrong with Canadian yeah. hockey. Okay, buddy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, you should be uh, you should be wrapping up by about uh, the training camp. But good <laughs> luck with that, Reed. <laughs> thanks a lot, Jim. That is Jim Ralph checking in tonight from the Toronto Maple Leafs broadcast booth. Uh, it's six forty-seven inside sports on six thirty. Chad, yeah, Jim, having a little bit of fun. You're only going to spend a week on that to <laughs> figure out what's wrong with the Canadian hockey teams? Well, I'm sure we'll keep talking about it, but uh, that's part of the focus this week on the show. We're going to talk Vancouver in the next hour. Interesting situation there. Some uh, some older players, obviously near the ends of their career, but some guys that uh, they're hoping coming up, uh, you know, the youngsters that are going to help turn it around there. Uh, I'll get some of your texts as well. Got a lot coming in over the last uh, 45 minutes or so, so I want to catch up. Inside Sports on Chad. You're listening to 6:30 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Well, it looks like Rangers goaltender Henrik Lundqvist is going to be okay, but with 48 seconds left in the first period in Pittsburgh, a scary moment. His own defenseman Mark Stahl battling in front. Stahl spun around a little bit, and the end of his stick went right through the op- one of the openings on Lundqvist's mask and hit Lundqvist, it looks like, right around the right eye. Lundqvist was down. He was kind of, you know, uh, squirming in pain. And, I mean, some of those openings, actually, Matthew, are, are pretty large. Like, you, you, you know, wonder if even a puck could fit in through there if it went in at the right angle. They're, you know, they're angled. But Stahl's stick went right in there and caught Lundqvist near the right eye. So he was down and really uncomfortable. That's obviously very scary when you you feel something hit near your eye. Trainer came out, looked at him, kind of... If he he was cut, it wasn't very big, but he wiped around the eye, went to the bench and got some drops put in, and now he's back in net, final 30 seconds of that period. So luckily for Lundqvist, he is okay. Marc-Andre Fleury, not okay. He's been battling a concussion, not playing tonight. He did Oh, and the and the Penguins score with 17 seconds left in the period. Who do we have there, Matthew? A couple guys were in front. Crosby was on the ice, but it was oh, was it Kessel that got it? No. Anyway, we'll get you the goal score. I couldn't I couldn't see who tapped it in in front. Puck bounced off the backboards. Oh, Hordquist. Patrick Hordquist off a off a long diagonal shoot in. Bounced off the back glass. Oh, it was quickly centered, and he got it five-hole uh, underneath Lundqvist. So the Penguins get the first goal in that series on home ice to go up one nothing. Red Wings and Lightning 2-2 after two. Uh, I was saying Zatkoff in goal for the Penguins. Tristan Jari is the backup tonight. It's 654-780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. BM says that $9 million price tag for Subban is a big part of the issue Throws everything out of whack. Also curious, the fact out of Montreal is that PK donates $10 million to a children's hospital, and it's Pacioretty who's nominated by his teammates for the King Clancy Award for Community Involvement. Something ain't right there. That's from BM. Kurt says, cap issues will be a big issue for the Oilers as soon as McDavid's ELC ends. 
I've ran the numbers. Two of the $6 million men need to go if the Oilers are planning on keeping Dreisaitl and McDavid, and I think they are. Dreisaitl will command around $5.5 million. If the Oilers want to sign a couple of veteran players, we need dollars off the payroll. Fain and Pouliot's contracts must be moved and are essential to ma- maintaining a healthy cap level in three years. I think that's uh, valid points. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's some value for Pouliot. I think he can play on the second or third line. I mean, clearly, Fane's not at the point where he's going to be playing more than a sixth defenseman. So that's something to remember. But, uh, I mean, hey, he's under the deal for two more years. Mark in the Deer says, hello, Reed. Part of the problem in my mind for the Oilers is that they don't have the swagger that Subban shows. I'm not up on the news in Montreal, but I haven't heard of him misbehaving in the news. How much can celebrating a goal really upset a team? Sounds pretty damn fickle to me. That is from Mark in the Deer. Uh, Doug from Slame Lake says, Flamboyant is one thing in the dressing room, but poison is another. Presently, things are fragile enough. I don't know if he means in Montreal or in Edmonton. Probably both. Uh, Ryan says, remember you're talking about the Montreal market. They're the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL. They're starved for attention all the time. I can't stand that team. A couple of texts from the Big L who says, read the Oilers already have a Subban light. His name is Darnell Nurse. He's just not as self-indulgent as PK. And the Big L also says, uh, hey, Reed, he texted earlier, hey, Reed, good talk with Alderman Oshry last night, but I'm a bit disappointed you told him your show wasn't just about sports, that you also have beer segments. Then you went on about pizza for 10 minutes. My hand is on the phone. When are we going to talk about beer? At the very least, you might have asked the Alderman where he thought the best beer and pizza combo was served in Edmonton. That would have been a meaningful question. A shout-out to Angry George. That is from the Big L who clearly shares my sense of humor and view of the world. Thank you for that, Big L. All right, keep the text coming. You guys are busy tonight, no problem. 630-630-7804960063 is the phone number. A look at the Vancouver Canucks and what comes next for them as our cross-country tour continues with Dan Murphy. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.